You're listening to an old-time radio classic podcast presented by the Foggy Jack Live Podcast and Foggy Jack, the oddball lost boy of magic. Please enjoy. This is Boris Karloff speaking. I'm here with a story for you from the files of the Reader's Digest. This is the story of a house. Fourteen brides have been married in it. Two silver weddings have been celebrated there. Twenty babies were born in the upstairs rooms. The address? Well, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, Washington, D.C. For more than 150 years, it has been the seat not only of this country's executive power, but of an ideal of American family life. When it was built... A coat of white paint was laid over the grey Virginia sandstone of its walls, and from that day, the people of the nation have called it the White House. The plan for the White House was drawn by Captain James Hoban, an Irishman by birth and a resident of Charleston, South Carolina, who won a $500 prize offered by Congress for the best design, and time has proved it to be a noble one. Fourteen decades of whimsical fashion have passed through the interior, affecting furniture and draperies, but the house itself, though the oldest public building in Washington, has never gone out of style. The cornerstone was laid on October the 13th, 1792. George Washington, though, didn't live to occupy the house. Labor troubles, congressional slowness, and national poverty combined to delay the work, so that it was still not finished when, in 1800, the Adamses threw open its doors at its first reception. Only 14 years later, this fine new first house of the nation was burned during the War of 1812. Fortunately, Mr. Hoban was still alive to guide the reconstruction after the war, and by the time the fashionable Munroes entered it, a finer White House opened its doors. From then on, it has gone through much the same evolution as other old American homes. First, it was lit by candlelight, till Fillmore's day in 1851 when gas came in. Then, during the administration of Benjamin Harrison, the new sparkle of electricity. There have almost always been children in the White House. Tyler used to play forfeits with them in the Red Room. Jackson never tired of giving parties to the friends of his seven grandchildren, and young Willie Lincoln drove his pet goats through the front door. Gaiety and sadness. In the white and gold east room of the White House have lain in state the bodies of Presidents William Henry Harrison, Taylor and Harding, who sickened and died in office, and of Lincoln, Garfield and McKinley, victims of assassination. And at such times, the whole room has been draped in black, even to the chandeliers. There's been much debate on the subject of, is the White House haunted by all these voices from the past? In the daytime, one isn't likely to think so, but late at night sometimes, that does seem to be a feeling of, of the presence of other lives. And the American people feel the presence in the White House of those lives. So many of them faithful and strong, some few immortally great. We all say amen to the prayer written for that house by its first occupant, James Adams. 
Heaven bestow the best of blessings on this house and on all that shall hereafter inhabit it. The story of the White House which I found in the Reader's Digest back files is, in a way, the story of life in these United States through the years since its beginning as a nation. But for a more contemporary view of life in these United States, you might refer to the current issue of the magazine, with a whole department of amusing, revealing anecdotes illustrating life in the United States today. I'll be sharing more of the stories with you transcribed in the near future. But until next time, this is Boris Karloff saying goodbye.